Powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Welcome in. Happy Hump Day. Shane Dennis Show, it is... Episode 432, we've got some college basketball to talk about in this particular program, so we will. It's a what a moment Wednesday as well. We'll run down the entire lineup for you here in just a second, but first we'll tell you how you can be a part of this show if you want to be and how you can consume us if it's not on 92.3 FM on your radio. The hotline is 316-669-4996. Our text line is 247-0923. Tell your smart speaker to play KKGQ 92.3. Tune in on your phone, ESPNWichita.com, on your computer. Follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at our Riverfront Stadium studio. It is March 1st, 60th day of the year, 305 days left in 2022, 2023, rather. And today, in Wichita, we're going to make it to a high of 59 degrees. Some KU talk. They do it again with a victory last night over Texas Tech. We'll talk KU throughout the, the years historically in college basketball here in a second. K-State's got one tonight. They take on Oklahoma. So we'll talk to Derek Young, K-State Online, talking Wildcats, get his thoughts on the all-Big 12 team, player of the year, and such. So some Wildcat basketball talk coming up at 1225-ish. But Twitter has to do with triple doubles. That'll lead us into the headlines coming up at 1 o'clock. What a moment. Second segment of second hour. I'm Old Jack Young, March 1 edition. WSU-USF basketball tickets to give away in each hour. So we'll be listening for that. If you want to go to the Shockers-Bulls game on Sunday afternoon on us at Senior Day, too, at 1 o'clock. So there is your show for today. But to start us off... Jack Johnson with a moment of levity. Jack? Shane, one day a little boy wrote to Santa Claus, please send me a sister. Santa Claus wrote him back and said, okay, send me your mother. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. I uh, had a dad joke. 
and it escaped me. I thought it was quite good, and I wish I would have uh, earmarked it a little better. Maybe I can come up with it on the fly, but I'm not sure. Um, no, no. Uh, today's March 1st. It is National Sun-Kissed Citrus Day. Honoring the rich history of California family-owned Sunkist citrus farms. It's also National Pig Day. National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. <laughs> National Dad Gum That's Good Day. When's the last time you said dad gum? I don't know if I ever have. Never? I don't know that I have either. Uh, besides making fun of Roy Williams. Self-Injury Awareness Day is today. And it's National Minnesota Day. Jack, what's Minnesota's nickname? Or uh. which state of the union are they? Is it the Twin City State? No. I would accept two answers as the correct answer for what Minnesota is oh. known as. One of them is on their license plate. It says oh. it. So apparently that didn't trigger anything. What state is it then? Um, let's go 39. 32. It's either the land of 10,000 lakes or the Gopher State. No? I could have gotten Gopher State if I would have taken more time. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, uh, that uh, that's March 1st for you. And uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same when it comes to KU men's basketball. And I'm sure... Jack went, well, and to some degree, I'm sure Pat. Both came to work today with a smile on their face three miles wide because KU 67, Texas Tech 63 last night. A final home game for Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCuller. And at the worst, KU with another share of the Big 12 championship. It is, Jack, some KU trivia for you from your alma mater. They clinched a share of their blanked regular season conference championship. How many? Do you know? How many have they had overall? Yeah. 64. Yes, correct. Very good. 64. It's mind-boggling. We'll get to the historic aspect here in just a second. Dwan Harris had 16 points. Um, 25 and five now, KU 13 and four in the league. They would have the title outright if tonight TCU can beat Texas. Otherwise, the Jayhawks would need to beat the Longhorns on Saturday to have it all to themselves. This was a pesky Texas Tech bunch. And to be perfectly frank, uh, once the spread last night got down to eight, KU by eight. 
I got me a little bit of that. And I thought for sure on senior night, KU could beat Texas Tech by nine or more. But they didn't. Um, Credit Texas Tech. They're pesky. That's twice now against KU that they have been. But the Jayhawks are now 22-1 and against Texas Tech at Allen Fieldhouse. Seventh consecutive win overall. And they haven't lost on senior night since 1983-84 season. All reasons why I thought they'd handled Texas Tech a little easier than they did last night. But they didn't. But they won the game without a field goal. From Wichita's own Grady Dick. 0 for 7 from the floor. Only had four points, but he did sew up the win with a couple of free throws late. He ended up with a, besides his shooting night, Grady Dick was pretty good in other areas last night. Had five rebounds, four assists, two blocks, and a steal to go along with his four points. Uh... Dewan Harris had a pretty good shooting night, and Jalen Wilson, not so much. But they win 67-63. And so now KU, if you didn't know, it's pretty mind-boggling, really. They have the longest streak of consecutive NCAA tournament appearances. That will continue. They have the longest current streak of consecutive winning seasons at 39. The most winning seasons in Division I history with 104. Consequently, the most non-losing seasons, finishing 500 or better, at 106. The most conference championships in Division I history, now with 64, as Jack told you. The most regular season conference titles, the most first-team All-Americans in Division I, the most first-team All-American selections, and as of last season, ranks third all-time in winning percentage and first in wins. You go all the way back to 1908 for their first regular season championship. And then all the way up until now, obviously, conference tournament championships, quite a few fewer, 16 of those conference tournament championships. And the NCAA tournament appearances date back all the way to 1940. And maybe even more impressive, Jack, is when you look at Starting with their Sweet 16 appearances, they've had 31 of those. Elite 8 appearances, 16, uh, no, 23 of those. Final 4 appearances, 16. 6 runner-ups, Four championships, 
for the Kansas Jayhawks. Now, we kind of, sort of get beat over the head with KU's greatness, but I don't think probably to the degree that maybe we should. And asking you is probably uh, asking the wrong guy because, you know, you're a KU guy. You, you should be happy about that, and you should beat your chest every now and then. But I think for the most part, you keep it under wraps as far as um, what we should, I don't know, celebrate, appreciate what we're seeing uh, in the Bill Self era, basically taking the baton from the program that dates back all the way to the early 1900s. And, of course, the father of basketball, James Naismith, Fog Allen, and all the rest. But at what point, Jack, did you realize that the awesomeness of Kansas basketball is without peer? And would you agree with that? I think what Kansas has done over the last 20 years is kind of developed this this persona of being the regular season king. And I think it's different when you look at college football because Alabama for so long, not only did they dominate in the regular season, but then they dominate in the postseason. They'd win national championship after national championship. Uh, Kansas, of course, has had a lot of success in that 20-year run. And I think the hardest thing to measure – is that the NCAA tournament, like if you are a one seed and you don't win a national championship, that season's considered a failure, right? And it's just the way, that's how harsh it is in college basketball. So you can't always measure the success of the postseason in the NCAA tournament unless you win a couple of championships. Now Bill Self, of course, has two, including the one last year. But it's been kind of underappreciated, I would think, because in the man, in the mind of a sports fan, right, they always seem to criticize or push down a fact of the regular season if you don't win it all, right? If, for instance, you go to the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Philly fans will remember what the Eagles in the regular season. A lot of people, though, will forget uh, because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl that year. They got to the highest point of the season. They won the championship. And I think to the average sports fan, you forget the regular season at times that they don't win it all, which is why for many years, good Kansas teams, great Kansas teams, average Kansas teams by Kansas standards would win the conference and it would kind of get swept under the rug because they didn't make it that far in the NCAA tournament. But you go back over the last five, six, seven years, Kansas has had a very impressive run in the NCAA tournament that just hasn't always resulted in a national championship because I always will say the NCAA tournament is the hardest thing to win in any sport, any level. See, I would agree, I would agree with that. I'm glad you said that too because um... – National championship or bust is uh, – that's a joke. I mean, come on. It is. And I, I think, too, like if, if college football had the same format as college basketball, you wouldn't see Alabama or Clemson or Georgia right, making right. runs year in and year out. And then flip that, right? Imagine if it was just the final four every single year. They took the top four seeds. They went to go play in Houston, and that was it. Think about how many championships right. KU yeah. would win then. They would have had a yeah. lot of times where really good teams didn't have to squeak by a Northern Iowa or a VCU or a Bradley yeah. or a Bucknell because it's just a crapshoot, right? It, you need luck. You need to get hot at the right time. And I think in the regular season, what, what's so impressive to me, and, and yeah, you brought up a great point. I am a Kansas guy, so of course I'm going to look through some biased lens here of the unbelievable streak Bill Self has had. He's won 17 regular season Big 12 titles and has only lost 17 times at home. 
Like, those are absurd yep. numbers. And, of course, you'll have fan bases say, oh, well, the, the officiating at Allen Fieldhouse or, you know, Kansas cheats. That's how they got all their championships. Uh, use what you want to say. But I think you go across college basketball, you haven't seen a run of regular season dominance in the way that Kansas has. Not Duke, not Carolina, not UCLA, not Kentucky. And I think this year may be the most impressive stretch that Bill Self has done because Dickie V said it, uh, I want to say, a month or two ago. He said the Big 12 this year is the best conference he's seen in the last two decades. And Kansas has a chance, depending on what happens tonight, to win this conference by two games. I I think that is showing uh, how good Bill Self is, how good they have become, I think, even better in the last you know, three to four years. They've had a down year. The COVID year was a down year for Kansas when they were, I want to say, a four seed in the NCAA tournament. But overall, I think it's how Kansas is winning now, the way they're recruiting. And yes, Grady Dick was a five-star, but they lost three of their top scorers last year. And if you win the conference by two games and, you know, Jalen Wilson, who was your fourth option last year, being your leading scorer, and you bring in Kevin McCuller, transfer from Tech, you have Dewan Harris still, K.J. Adams, who averaged one point a game last year, being your five-man I mean, that just shows you the coaching level that that Bill Self is at, why he right now is the best college basketball coach in the country. And I don't think there is really anybody that particularly close to him, especially winning last year helped that. But this year, it's going to go underappreciated. If Kansas, it's it's not likely they run it back. I don't really would. I wouldn't make the prediction they do run it back because of the likelihood of it. But that is kind of the unfortunate reality if you are a Kansas fan that if Kansas loses in the Sweet 16 of the Elite Eight, Like, people are going to forget how incredible this type of year has been. You had a three-game losing streak in conference play. You had a bad loss in the non-conference. You lost by 14 to Tennessee, who's shown inconsistency. They haven't had, on paper, a really bad loss. But this Kansas team, despite not having immense type of talent like they had back with the Andrew Wiggins, the Joel Embiid team, the Josh Jackson team, you know, the Devontae Grams, Fee, Mikhailik, Malik Newman team, this is a team that's not uber-athletic. But they're likely going to be on the cusp of winning 26, 27, 28 games before the NCAA tournament. And looking back at, at their uh, lineage of coaches, starting with the inventor of the game of basketball, do you know what uh, significance James Naismith has as far as list of coaches at KU, Jack? I think he's the only one with a losing record. That's right. He was 55 and 60. <laughs> the only guy... <laughs> That didn't have a winning record. Fog Allen, okay. Beware of the fog. We know all about that. But W.O. Hamilton in the early aughts won 68% of his games and five regular season championships. Dick Harp won 59.6 of his games from 1956 to 1964. One national championship game appearance, a Final Four, and resigned at the end of the 64 season. Then Ted Owens, who really doesn't get much run at all as far as all-time greats, he went to two Final Fours and had six regular season championships and won 65.7% of his games, but he was fired. And then came Larry Brown, who, of course, won the championship and in 88, and then accepted a position with the San Antonio Spurs. But he went to two Final Fours and won 75% of his games. Then Roy Williams comes along, wins 80.5% of his games, two national championship game appearances, four Final Fours for old Roy, a a couple of Coach of the Year awards uh, from different uh, publications. 
And then Bill Self, all he's done is won 82% of his games and win two titles and go to four Final Fours. And oodles and gobs of Coach of the Year awards from 2006 all the way up until 2016. But, man, oh, man, the greatness for as long as Kansas basketball has done it. I mean, if you need a refresher, and if you can take it, and if you're not a KU hater, go to their Wikipedia page, man. I mean, all-time wins, regular season conference championships, consecutive seasons uh, of conference championship titles, consecutive NCAA tournament appearances, all number one, all-time, first. And they're are about a dozen other, well, more than a dozen other things that they're either first, second, third, fourth, or fifth all-time in college basketball. And the beat goes on with Roy Williams, or uh, Roy Williams, with uh, Bill Self at the helm winning 82% of his games. I'm going to ask Derek Young this uh, here in just a little bit, Jack, about um, Big 12 Coach of the Year. You could almost give it to Bill Self every year. Do you think he deserves Coach of the Year this year? Uh, you know, it's such a tough thing to measure here because uh, there's going to be people out there that go, hell, how can you give Coach of the Year to a guy that had a team that was preseason top five, right, and they finished in the top five? Because I think to to Kansas fans, including myself, there's times where you go, well, you know, this team's not as talented as the past Kansas teams. Well, you have – you know, two four-stars coming off the bench and a five-star in Grady Dick out there. Not many teams right. in the Big 12 can say that. Uh, I think what he's done in this conference has been pretty impressive because you've seen the last two years, it's not the five-star loaded teams or the guys that are, you know, top of the country. Like this team, I would say Jalen Wilson's getting a lot of recognition. You go across college basketball, though, they're not really going to know who K.J. Adams is, who Dewan Harris is that much, Kevin McCullough. I mean, some are going to know when you are that good, you're a top-five team, you're going to get the national publicity. But Jalen Wilson's the guy that's being talked about a lot. So yeah, if you want to yeah. make the case of, well, this Kansas team won the best conference in college basketball by two games, that alone should give you the National Coach of the Year, then I get it, or the Big 12 Coach of the Year, I understand that. At the same time, of course, I know the reason you would ask Derek Young, because the other guy in the running for it would be Jerome Tang at Kansas State. Yep. Where I would lean, I think even though I am a Kansas guy, I think the expectations for Kansas State were just shockingly low. Like I think yeah. a lot of people out there thought this Kansas State team would win like 10 or 11 games, not be as bad as Louisville was this year, but I mean, right. really get pounded in conference. And the fact they right now are projected to be a two seed in Joe Lunardi's yep. bracket, I think I got to give the edge to Jerome Tang. Not to discredit what Bill Self has done. I don't think really Bill Self cares about winning Big 12 Coach of the Year, National Coach of the Year. Not saying it matters that much to Jerome Tang either. I know he said that his focus is winning the Big 12 tournament and winning a national championship. I believe Mark Keith Noel said that as well. But uh, to me, I can't really be hypocritical here because also I think during football season I was like, man, Lance Leipold should get consideration for that because of the expectations for Kansas and right. where they went that year. So I don't want to be the guy yeah. that goes, well, you know, Kansas State, who was really good in the preseason, had a lot of expectation to be a dark horse to win the Big 12. Then they won the Big 12. Like, I can't sit here and go, well, it should be Chris Kleiman, therefore it should be Bill Self because I was a guy saying, hey, Lance Leipold took over a team that – had a really bad roster, needed to quickly fix it. He did that. And I don't want to just sit here then and go, well, you know, Bill Self did 
a lot more than Jerome Tang this year. I don't think that's the case. I think Jerome Tang did a hell of a job this year, and I think Bill Self would even say, if you were to ask him right now, he would say, I think Jerome Tang deserves it because K-State was projected to finish dead last. They're now going to finish in the top four in the conference, which would have been miles and miles and miles ahead of where everybody predicted them to be back in October. No question. And I think that's that's worthy of uh, more conversation, certainly with Derek Young from K-State Online, because when you when it comes to Coach of the Year awards, a lot of times the guy that gets it is the guy that finishes the farthest away from where they were supposed to, according to the experts. And I don't think that is always a reflection of who the actual Coach of the Year ought to be because you're going to punish Bill Self for winning the toughest league in America by two games just because they were supposed to win the league. You know, that, I think that's there's probably not a, a 100% correct answer uh, when it comes to that when you're talking about Coach of the Year. But, again, they're just honors, and I think you're right. Bill Self's probably less concerned about winning Coach of the Year and more concerned about what he does in the postseason. Speaking of the postseason, get ready for the madness by signing up for the Twin Peaks Bracket Challenge and receive free queso and chips. Head on over to TwinPeaksBracketChallenge.com, register, and learn more. And also keep in mind, on Fridays during Lent, Twin Peaks can hook you up. Try the fish and chips bundled with a 22-ounce draft beer for a steal on Fridays or reel in one of their other seafood options like black and fish tacos, shrimp Caesar, and char-grilled salmon. Twin Peaks, East 21st and Rock, West Ridge and Taft. Coming up next, K-State Basketball. They take center stage tonight. They play OU tonight. We talk to KStateOnline.com's Derek Young for all things Wildcats. That's coming up next. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. The 2023 Envision Golf 4 Vision Tournament will be held on Thursday, May 11th at Teradyne Country Club. Come join us and our friends and partners as we help raise money for Envision's programs and services that promote independence and create opportunity for people of all ages who are blind or visually impaired. To sign up or sponsor the event, contact us at 316-440-1532 or visit golfforvision.com. We hope to see you May 11th for a day of golfing for Envision. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep the facility running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you, Raymond in Buffalo and Maria in Miami, Jules in Minneapolis and Stan in central Indiana, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with experienced branch staff at over 250 locations so you get the product you're looking for. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wichita State Baseball returns for another season of action-packed fun at X Stadium as they look to build behind three first-team all-conference selections that led the Shockers to wins over three NCAA Super Regional qualifiers and the Frisco Classic Championship in 2022. Now the opportunity to make new history awaits as the Shockers welcome a heavy slate of Big 12 opponents to X, including reigning national runner-up Oklahoma and in-state foes Kansas and Kansas State. Purchase your season tickets today. Call 316-978-FANS or visit GoShockers.com slash tickets. 
Sean, what are you doing? Get in my car. So why are you walking to work? <sighs> Thanks, man. It's these insanely high gas prices. They're draining my bank account. I can't afford to drive anymore. Dude, don't walk. Just do what I do because I never pay full price for gas anymore. I use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Oh, wait. You're telling me you get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200. Wow, that's serious cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FULL for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code FULL. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FULL for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code FULL for a $5 bonus. There's a new station in town, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Every weekday, we bring you nine hours of local shows about your favorite teams that matter the most. From the Chiefs to the Shockers, Wildcats and Jayhawks, Royals and Wind Surge, Thunder and local high school football coverage. We bring you the latest news and information. And ESPN Wichita is proud to be locally owned and operated. We are your hometown radio station, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, welcome back. It's uh, 1228 here on a Wednesday. Coverage between K-State and Oklahoma begins tonight at 6 o'clock right here on the channel, ESPN Wichita 92.3. K-State looking to avenge its most recent loss, and that was against OU down in Norman. And we jump on the hotline and talk to kstateonline.com's Derek Young for all things K-State sports. First of all, it uh, it's good to have you back, Derek. And uh, senior night at Bramlage, probably a sellout and avenging really K-State's last clunker down in Norman, 79-65. All things rolled together, and at least on paper you would, uh, you would figure for fun times up there at Bramlage tonight against the Sooners, huh? Yeah, I would I would certainly believe so, and, and it's certainly going to be a sellout as well. Uh, they've the the athletic department has sold every ticket, and it's even hard to find one on the secondary market as of now. I think I looked just about what 15 minutes ago, and I think I saw five total tickets even on the secondary market. So there's only even five other people trying to sell their tickets, and all of them are going for north of three hundred dollars. So this is a really tough ticket to have. It'll be. A memorable night, I'm sure, inside Bramlage Coliseum. Uh, the first of its kind in quite some time, I'm sure, when it comes to the emotions and uh, sentimental feelings that will be had, obviously, with sending out six different seniors, one being Marquise Noel, who was very critical and, and uh, quick turnaround. And, and as you said, a lot of things pointing the Wildcats' way in terms of a potential win. Uh, playing really good basketball right now. You have the revenge factor at play. It's a really good spot because you know, Jerome Tang mentioned a few weeks ago that there's only been, I think, two teams that have won that second road game of two straight this year within the Big 12 because wow. that second one is just so challenging to get. It's hard to win consecutive road games. Uh, Kansas has done it. I think they, they might have done it more than two in a row at this point just because of what their record entails. And Kansas State did it at the beginning of the season when they won in Waco and in Austin in back-to-back nights. I'm not sure another team has pulled it off 
um, other than those two. And Oklahoma's trying to do that because they just yeah. want a name. Kansas State's playing really good basketball. Uh, like I said, the, the revenge factor. And just from an athletic standpoint, I mean, uh, one team is a lot faster a lot more athletic and just kind of has the dudes, and that's Kansas State. Nothing against Oklahoma, but they are probably, you know, the least athletic team in the Big 12, if I had to say. So what is it about uh, Desi Sills uh, injected into the starting lineup that has made a difference over the last three games, or is it just coincidental? I would probably call it coincidental because, uh, maybe some of the rotations and lineups are a little different, but at most it's it's different for, what, two, three minutes of the game because even before he was a starter, Desi Sills was averaging 33 to 35 minutes a night, and obviously you're still getting that. Um, they like that, you know, having him on the court. I, I just talked about the athleticism. I mean, uh, there, there's not one guy that I can point to on the Oklahoma roster and I can say, man, they can keep up with Desi Sills in a race. What was it about that? Uh, I want to go back to that Oklahoma State game, if you don't mind. Seventy-three, sixty-eight. They were behind at halftime, and we talked about how hard it is to win on the road in the Big Twelve. Um, team shot fifty-two percent in the second half. Could it be that uh, I don't want to say K State is peaking at the right time, but certainly playing very, very good basketball down the stretch here, and and they got an outside chance, uh, according to a lot of people to be as high as a number two seed in the NCAA tournament when it gets here. Uh, what did you see from that Oklahoma State game on the road that was so impressive to you, Derek? Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're peaking at the right time. I think I was on on with you a couple of weeks ago when they were struggling and they'd lost, what, three in a row, maybe five mm-hmm. and seven at that point along those lines. And I was like, you know, it's at least the beginning of February or, or, or you know, the beginning third of February. Because if you are going to snap out of it, I said, when they were, they were went through that skid, um, it's going to be perfectly timed uh, for a really good tournament or run if they do snap out of it. And lo and behold, they've kind of snapped out of it. They've won three in a row. Today's the first day of March, and they're playing some of their best basketball of the year. So they, they kind of said it all along. <laughs> Obviously, you'd rather not have that skid, and you'd rather be competing for a Big 12 championship going into the final, final two games of the season. And you're probably not. Um, obviously, you're eliminated, I think, mathematically at this point because of the Kansas win last night. But uh, you're playing, you know, perhaps your best bas- best basketball of the year. And I thought, really, maybe not specific to the Oklahoma State game, but I think just the biggest adjustment was Jerome Tang and his coaching staff recognizing that, hey, we need to let off the accelerator here a little bit, maybe pump the brakes on these guys. We're really wearing them down because of mm-hmm. what the grind of a Big 12 schedule is. Let's incorporate more rest. Um, since they've done that 3 no, you beat Baylor, you beat Iowa State, you beat Oklahoma State, and I think it was really apparent when they played the Cowboys, even before they kind of took control of that game, just before they took control of the game, I looked to my left to Ryan Gilbert of Go Powercat and uh, – to, I forget who was on my right, and I went to both of them. Although it was Mason both of E-Ball online. Yeah. I said, uh, man, Kansas State appears to be far more um, engaged right now. They, they were they were a lot less tired. I mean, it, it became an open court game a little bit at one point in that second half, and Oklahoma State was really struggling to run up and down the court, and Kansas State appeared to be 
just a lot more rested um, and a lot more fresh. Uh, I mean, I think Oklahoma State's wearing down. And just they, they looked like they were on a different plane when it came to fatigue. And the rest of the way, Kansas State dominates, and they jump out and get that five-point win. So if you can think back uh, at a particular point in the season or maybe game, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but where was it where you thought, man, this this team might be different, and it might not just be uh, we're going to be better than 10th different. I mean, a real special team. Was there a game or a point in the season or a little stretch of games in the season where your eyebrows were permanently raised and say, this K-State team is, is really, really good? I think two, I think two, okay, actually three, three, three times, uh, stand out to me. And the first one's going to sound really, really weird because it's a non-conference game and their non-conference was not strong. And it's a team that really unraveled and is not going to be probably not even going to be the United team. They, they just flat out, uh, you know, mailed it in. And that was the win in the final of the Cayman Islands tournament that Kansas State was in over the Thanksgiving break when they defeated LSU. Just yep. the way that they won that game, it was a it was a tight one. I thought the Tigers were playing far more inspired, at least at that point of the season, than they showed for you know ninety five percent of the SEC games because they are downright terrible right now. But I thought that I thought they looked really good that that game in in the way that they kind of held through and were at least resilient and tough. Maybe that's when we first saw the the first moments of resilience and toughness. And then the second point. The back-to-back, probably just that first stretch of the Big 12, I think they jumped out to a 6-1 league record. But back-to-back road wins against Texas and Baylor, and then you beat Kansas at home. I think that was a four-game stretch when you beat Texas and Baylor on the road and Kansas at home. I mean, I I think we all knew at that point those are three top ten teams that you beat in a four-game stretch. I think that told us a lot about the Wildcats. And the third one was probably coming back and beat Baylor again. And quite frankly, I thought they did it in pretty convincing fashion. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It was a 10-point win, but it felt felt better or worse or however you want to look at it than that. At Derek Young KSO on the Twitter, K-State Online, Derek Young talking Wildcats. All right, how many cats have a legitimate chance at making all Big 12 first team in your mind, Derek? Who's it going to be? First team, I think... I think they are. There, there's two from Kansas State, but I think there are three locks to be on the all Big 12 first team. In Big 12 games alone, Marquise Noel is leading the conference in points, assists, and steals. I get the turnovers weren't great, but he's still top five in player efficiency ranking and still top six in offensive rating. Like, a guy that leads in all those categories is in top five in the efficiency metrics. I mean, I, I understand people were like, man, he went through that five-game scratch over all those turnovers. But, man, if you're leading in points, you're leading assists, you're leading in steals, you're top five in, in player efficiency rating, I don't know how you're not on the first team, and I think you're a lock, in my opinion. And then Keontae Johnson, he's top three in scoring. He's I, At one point, and I think it might not be there anymore because the last two he was a little bit lighter in this category, he was the leading rebounder in the Big 12 as, as recently as a week ago. So, I think Marquise Noel's a lock. I think Keontae Johnson's a lock. At least those two should be, in my eyes. I also think Jalen Wilson of Kansas is a lock. Now, the the other two, to, to fill it out, that's a little bit questionable because uh, some people are going to really like Mike Miles, but he mm-hmm. but he missed it. But he missed, I think, five Big 12 games. Some people are going to really like Caleb Boone because he had a stretch there where, at one point, he was, top three, top four, and about every statistic in the Big 12. Now, he's really slacked in the last two or three weeks to probably put himself out of 
first team consideration. And then some people really like Keontae George because of the way he can score the ball and, and with as much as he is to the Baylor offense. So um, it's hard to say no to Miles. It's hard to say no to Keontae George, Caleb Boone. But my other two would probably be Adam Flagler or Baylor just because he's probably Baylor's most complete player and a, and uh, probably the number one or number two offense in the Big 12, and that means a lot. And I think Marcus Carr, the season that Texas is having, I think you have to have their best player, and he's top five in a lot of the Big 12 stats. So the Big 12 player of the year, is that reserved for the best player on the team that wins it? And would that be Jalen Wilson then? You know, I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen. And I'm not going to cry foul at it because he certainly earned it. And I don't think you can really go wrong. He's played well enough and been so good that I can't argue with him being as a selection. But if he did like a a blind resume thing. I think a lot of people would probably point to Marquise Noel, quite frankly. But right. I think it's going to be Jalen Wilson because they are going. They are the Big 12 champions. Talking to Derek Young, talking K-State sports. Okay, so we had a little bit of a, uh, not a debate, but my producer and I uh, had a little discussion before you came on about uh, Coach of the Year. And considering where they were picked to finish at the beginning of the season versus where they are now, You've got Jerome Tang, and you got Bill Self. And I think the discussion is at least a worthwhile one because, on yep. one hand, you can't necessarily punish Bill Self for winning the toughest conference in the entire country versus you've got the argument of nothing, literally nothing was expected of Kansas State, and they are at least perched for a really long run in the NCAA tournament, and who would have thought that? Uh, back in October or November. So uh, give us an argument, I guess, for or against uh, your Big 12 Coach of the Year. Yeah, I'll give my argument. And I kind of want to hear what your guys' answers were. My argument is that there probably is not an argument. Uh, you can't, And I know this is a cop-out answer, but you really can't go wrong with either one. And it just depends how you like how someone personally likes to legislate the Coach of the Year award. If right. it's the best coach or the best team or, you know, a guy that's just done an incredible job, then, man, it's it's hard to say no to Bill Self. If it's the one that's overachieved the most according to expectations, then it's absolutely Jerome Tang. And if that's the case, he's probably National Coach of the Year as well, right? So there's, there's, uh, there's not many guys that have overachieved this year as much as Jerome Tang. So I like to say it's it's the best job. Who did the best coaching job that particular year? Because right. that can kind of incorporate both of those things that I just said. You can do the best job even if you win the Big 12 and are typically always picked to win the Big 12. You can still do the best coaching job, and I think Bill Self nearly did that. But when you are literally picked to finish last in the Big 12, um, you have 11 new players that people really don't know who they are outside of Keontae Johnson, and there's a the question of what kind of player he's going to be after not playing basketball, organized basketball for two years. I think when you incorporate all of that, going from 10th to perhaps second, which is still on the table, um, I think that is the best coaching job, regardless of what Bill Self did. I mean, it probably says a lot about what Bill Self and Kansas have done this year for it to even be an argument, because typically when someone goes from 10th to second into an NCAA tournament two seed, perhaps, and two all Big 12 first team selections, perhaps, um, it should be a no-brainer, and it's not this year because of the job that Bill Self has done with the Jayhawks. But I still think all of that is still enough for it to be Jerome Tate. 
I agree. I agree. And wouldn't you uh, get your thoughts on this, too? Most of the time, for me, it bugs me that the coach of the year is normally the guy that exceeded expectations more than any other coach in that league. That doesn't mean he did the best job. But in a lot of cases, if you were picked to finish sixth and you finished second, uh, a lot of times that's good enough to be coach of the year. I think both of these things can be true. That bugs me, yet Jerome Tang 100% should be coach of the year considering, uh, like I said, literally nothing was expected of him, and they're going to make what we think will be a deep run uh, in March Madness. So um, where do you come out on most of the time? If you just exceed expectations, you get coach of the year, and the ones that are expected to win it, and if they still win it anyway, uh, oh, well, they were they were picked to win it, so that kind of discredits them as being coach of the year, so we won't vote for them. I'm with you. I'm the same way. Uh, uh, the MVP discussions in many sports is the same thing. It's like yeah. the one player that kind of came out of nowhere a little bit to be – one of the three or five best players instead of just giving it to the best player. I think it should be the best coaching job that particular season. Sometimes that's a guy like Bill Self. That is a guy like I'm sure Nate Oates at Alabama, you know, the guys that yeah. were expected to do good, do great. Um, that can still be the best coaching job and they get penalized for it. Um, so I, I hate that it's always the coach that overachieves the most. I don't think that's what it should be. Coach of the year means you did the best job. And But I would still give it to Jerome Tate because he exceeded expectations so much so that he did do the best job in my mind. So, yeah, I hate that the idea that it's the one that overachieves most. I don't think it should be that. I kind of hearken it back to, uh, you know, I, I'm from Ohio, so I kind of grew, grew up around the Ohio State football stuff and – they, uh, you know, they talk about recession-proof programs, basically, like every college team typically has a down year. Um, like in basketball, the, the recession-proof team is Kansas basketball. You really, when's the last time they really had a down year? They don't. You see North Carolina go down. You see Duke go yeah. down sometimes. You see UCLA go down sometimes. Those other blue bloods. Kansas hasn't. Um, same way in football. Aside from that interim year where Luke Fickle was the head coach and Ohio State went 6-7, and seven. Ohio State went at least 10, 11, 12 football games every season, regardless of coach, regardless of whatever, what happens to everything else. But before Nick Saban, Alabama was kind of, you know, up a creek a little bit. Ohio yeah. State's the only one like that. But in that span, I think it goes back to basically when Jim Trestle got there in 2001, I want to say. I think they've won coach of the year like one time. That's it. I don't get it. It's a perfect example right there. KStateOnline.com, Derek Young. My guest talking K-State basketball. They got a big one tonight, senior night at Bramlage. Our coverage starts at 6 o'clock tonight, K-State and OU uh, tip shortly after 7 o'clock. Derek, we always appreciate your time and your perspective. Thanks for stopping by again. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Enjoyed it. All right, Derek Young. There he is from K-State Online, at Derek Young KSO on Twitter. Okay, when we come back, we need to discuss triple doubles and the history of said triple doubles they are uh that particular topic is the topic of our twitter question at espn wichita on twitter also we have two tickets to give away to the shockers usf game on sunday afternoon it's a one o'clock game if you can, if you want to go and you can come by Riverfront and pick up the tickets, 
Be caller number three. Call Jack right now, 316-669-4996. Two tickets to Senior Day, Shockers and Bulls, 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Two tickets. Give Jack a call, 316-669-4996. Good luck. We'll talk Twitter when we come back. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. You already know Eaton Roofing and Exteriors does roof repairs. It's right there in our name. But have you thought about what comes after the and? Exteriors. Eaton offers high-quality windows, doors, siding, and decks. Eaton Roofing and Exteriors. Here for the life of your home. Call 316-943-0600 or visit EatonRoofing.com. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you. And all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions. Plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Paid for by government.com. Have you heard? A recent stash of 1904 Morgan Silver Dollar coins has been found. These gorgeous 1904 O Silver Dollar coins are as bright and shiny as the day they were struck. This is a key date for Silver Dollar collectors, and only a limited quantity are available. Coin experts are calling this an amazing opportunity for anyone interested in silver coins. Just call government at 1 800 473 0982, and you are guaranteed a mint condition 1904 O Morgan Silver Dollar featuring the iconic O mint mark of the New Orleans Mint. The Final year of production, but with limited quantity, you must call now. These 1904 O silver coins are still in uncirculated condition. That is 117 years of history you can hold in your hand. To learn more, call 1-800-473-0982. Call now and you'll receive a free American Coin Collector's Bonus Package, a $25 value free with every order. Call 1-800-473-0982 now to secure your 1904 O Morgan Silver Dollars before they sell out. That's 1-800-473-0982. The NFL Draft is coming to Union Station in Kansas City, and ESPN Wichita will have you covered. Tune in to hear every selection from the first overall pick to Mr. Irrelevant right here on ESPN Wichita. And as our local selection cards are turned in, we'll bring you instant reactions with press conferences and analysis. It's all right here on your official home for the NFL Draft, Wichita's 100,000-watt sports powerhouse, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Hour number two for more tickets to be given away. It could be you if you're lucky enough. Dan was lucky enough to win a pair of Shocker Bull tickets Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, Senior Day. We'll be doing it again uh, a little bit later on in the show, just in case you didn't win. Uh, Be listening to the channel. 
and we'll be giving some more stuff away in hour number two. Uh, right now, we need to get to the Twitter question, and it's going to kind of lead into the headlines coming up here in about 11 minutes or so, um, because Nikola Jokic, I think last night, or recently anyway, got his 100th career triple-double. So got me to thinking about old-school triple-double dudes. And a little bit of uh, baked-in trivia, too. Um, and we'll get to that here shortly with Jack. But which triple-double machine from yesteryear is your favorite? So not the modern-day guys that kind of roll out of bed and get triple-doubles, but old-school triple-double guys. At ESPN Wichita on Twitter. Which triple-double machine from yesteryear is your favorite? Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson, Jason Kidd, Wilt Chamberlain. So far, it's a pretty good battle. Um, Magic Johnson, 38%. Oscar Robertson, 26.5%. Wilt Chamberlain, 23.5%. And Jason Kidd, 11.8%. Jack, how many, besides those guys, of the top 20 of all-time triple-doubles can you name? How many of the top 20? Top 20. I just gave you four. They're in the top 20. Okay, and remind, many, me, remind, me, remind me the four again. The four, the Magic Johnson is okay. third all-time. Oscar Robertson is second all-time. Jason Kidd is fourth all-time. That's actually shocking. And Wilt Chamberlain has 78. He's seventh all-time. So how many of the remaining 16 with at least 26 triple-doubles to get on this list can you name? A no-brainer would be Russell Westbrook. He's number one. He's got 198. Let's go with Jokic. He is sixth at 100. Let's go with LeBron. He's fifth. So now you got the top six. Well, you got the top seven, including Wilt. Okay, let's go with. Eh, let's go, there, Jordan. He has barely. To top twenty. Yeah, he's nineteenth. Wow, he only had twenty-eight triple doubles. Remember that time there where he decided to be the point guard? Yes, <laughs> and he got a triple double every single night. He was a point guard. So anyway, he could have been much better. He could have. Um, here's your hint. Um, five of these guys are still active. I was going to say a lot are going to be in current day NBA. Let's go with Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's 14. He's tied for 14th. He has 32 triple doubles. Let's go with Joel Embiid. No. Wow. He does not have 26. He um Wow. Uh I'm scanning the list unless I'm just totally whiffing on it. No, he's he's quite a bit further down wow. the list. No, not in the top uh, um, 26. 20. Let's go Luka Doncic. Yes. He is 10th. He's got 56. Okay. Um, This is going to be a shot in the dark. I'll go Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is kind of close. He's huh. 35th. All right. So he only has 17 triple doubles. How about only. Steph Curry? No. Ooh. 
I'm still missing an active guy. He only has 10. Um, You are missing two active guys. Wow. And one active guy is kind of an air quote because he never plays. Man. Um... You'll kick, you'll kick yourself on the one active guy, and then this other dude you'll roll your eyes at. Okay, how about James Harden? Yeah, he's uh, he's got 73. Okay. He's eighth on the list, yeah. This one it might be a bit of a stretch as well, because he always got double-doubles. And I guess maybe he's a bad guess. That's all right. I'll go Chris Paul. Chris Paul is not on the list. Ooh. He is tied for 32nd, so he's kind of close. I I got it. I was thinking, I I guessed his teammate already. Let's go Draymond Green. Yeah, he's tied for 16th (laughs) with 31 triple doubles. The ones that aren't active, Elgin Baylor is 20th. Grant Hill with 29 triple doubles is 18th. John Havlicek is tied with Draymond with 31, tied for 16th. The guy that's tied with Giannis is Rajon Rondo. He's got 32. Bob Cousy, who we talked about yesterday, has 33. And Lafayette Fat Lever, former Nugget great, has 43 triple-doubles. And Larry Bird had 59. He's ninth. The one guy that you, the, that you missed is technically still active is Ben Simmons. But he's not all that active. <laughs> he's got 33 triple-doubles. He's he's tied with Bob Cousy for 12th on the all-time list. So there you go. That that will lead us into some headlines coming up in hour number two. We're right on top of the hour, the Can't Equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. So we will uh, we'll have some headlines for you, and we'll also have Wham! What a moment. That's coming up in hour number two. Some more uh, Shockers, Bulls, basketball tickets to be given away in hour number two as well. But we need to remind you that it is time to leave it all on the mat for the fourth year in a row. It's the 66th annual NAIA Wrestling National Championship. It's coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. So it's coming up here in a couple of days. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. The format this year will feature an individual national champion in 10 weight classes, a team championship based on individual finishes, and a double elimination format that will name the top eight wrestlers in each class, NAIA All-American. So all session tickets are on sale. They're between $42 and $53. And the day of the event, single session, uh, single session tickets will go on sale. Uh, on sale. So if you go the day of, they'll be less than $20 and anywhere from $40 to $50 on the all-session tickets if you want to get those. In addition, the championship session will be live on ESPN3. For more information, head to www.visitwichita.com. That's visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Hour one in the books. Headlines coming up next. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.